At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. You may notice I'm solo today. Um, quite a bit of news that we need to work through here. One, my good buddy, the fairly good golfer, I guess, for how much he golfs, um, and a great radio host, Sterling Holmes, is actually sick today. He's been out with COVID. He's feeling better, but he's still a little bit under the weather. So um, if you're in contact with Sterling at all, like Twitter, in the in our members chat or whatever, and you want to give him a get well soon sort of message that would probably lift his spirits, um, let him know how much you miss him here, because obviously now you're just stuck with me, uh, which is the lesser than. I typically pick on Sterling, but he's very good at his job, um, and I'd never tell him that. But um, yeah, no, he's, he's great at his job. And so we're obviously going to miss him here. Um, but I am excited. In just a few minutes, my old buddy, BJ Kissel, is going to be here. A lot of you may know BJ's great work. Uh, he was the Chiefs team reporter for a number of years. My first podcast experience ever was with BJ. We both were on staff at a site called Arrowhead Pride. It was part of the SB Nation Network. Joel Thorman was the man running Arrowhead Pride back then. And then I was like a deputy editor running things when Joel was gone and writing there. And BJ was there and Seth, Seth was there and Matt Verderam was there in some respects. And anyway, we had, it, it was a great group of people, a lot of fun. And I remember when BJ said, hey, I think we could do this thing called a podcast. And that was like 2010 or something crazy. So anyway, uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Josh says the better hair is here today, at least. I, I don't know about that. I think still good. Um, let me just say this because I, I um, we're going to talk about a lot today. BJ is going to have great perspective. We're going to talk about the Chiefs. We're going to talk about being a team reporter for a while. He's got the new KC Sports Network that's going gangbusters and we love their work there. Uh, we want to talk about all that. We want to talk about Darrell Williams signing, etc. But I, let me just tell you a little story, a, a little bit maybe personal, and, and maybe some of you are going to roll your eyes about this because you just want to keep it Chiefs. But but I'll just say this. You know, this morning uh, I have a I have a second grade son and um, his name's Elliot. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, this morning we were doing the thing that I guess moms like to do or maybe that whatever. You know, my wife was like, hey, I made a little sign last day of second grade we go out on the porch um my wife's like hey can you make him laugh so he makes a good he takes a good picture and we'll take photos and then you know we did we're doing the little family thing on the porch before school and we're out there and so i'm just saying all kinds of poop jokes and whatever that a second grader is going to laugh at to then send him off to school and we live right next door to the school that we send him to. So, you know, he just kind of walks off into the distance and then goes to the school and then that's that. And so this morning we had a moment of like, oh, our baby's growing up and we never expected to have a kid and then we had a kid. So he's just kind of like, wow, this little surprise is like growing up. And if you've paid attention to the news today, you know that um, I'm bringing this up because it feels a little bit weird to just talk about Chiefs nonsense. 
in the midst of like a heavy news day and today's a heavy news day where what we know right now is in a city in texas a gunman an 18 year old gunman went in shot and killed 14 children and one teacher it sounds like as well as his own grandmother it sounds like the suspect is dead too and and of course there's all kinds of details that could be added to or muddled or mixed within that i say all that to say there are moments when we're reminded of the greater reality going on and what things really mean. And this morning, then reading those news, I thought, man, we sent our son to school this morning in like a little emotional, meaningful moment. And yet there are 14 families tonight whose own kid won't be coming home from that, that the last day of school was just the last day, if it was the last day of school there. And I can't help but think like, oh yeah, I know I'm supposed to talk about Daryl Williams. And I know I'm supposed to talk about off-season power rankings. And I know that we're all gathered here or listening on audio, or if you're here with us in the video and, uh, and I'm sorry even to be so serious here, but I think there are moments that it's good for us just to kind of pause and go, man, there are serious things to address and there are better ways to be in the world. And there are moments that if we can't begin to have a conversation about the things that we can't seem to have a conversation about, then really like, what is the meaning of any of this? And I love sports for the way that it provides an escape from and provides community around things in the midst of all these. In a heavy world, sports is wonderful for making it a little bit lighter. And I like being a part of that. But at the same time, in a moment like this, I just think, how can I talk about a sport, which is really just fun and games, like literally the category of game. How can I talk about that without at least just addressing from the outset, hey, today's a heavy day and my own heart is heavy and I don't know what to say about it. I don't know how to feel about it other than a a great feeling of grief and a wish that what is sometimes called the better angels of our nature could come forward on a divisive issue and find a way to say, let's stop saying, oh, no, you got to be realistic about this. I think like being realistic is what gets us here. And I would hope that somehow we could have the faith to be unrealistic, to have an imagination for a better world than the one that we currently have. And if that takes being unrealistic to start to have those conversations, I'd love to be a part of that. I hope at our core that you would too. I don't know what else to say about this other than I know that we all feel the same way. It's a, it, it's a tragedy in every way. And no matter what you feel about specific issues, we all look at this and shake our heads. I just hope maybe this time we can do more than that. Because last week it was a grocery store in Buffalo. This week it's an elementary school. And these aren't the first types of incidents like these in these very categories. So I'll just say that. We'll leave all that heaviness here up front. And if you're offended that we're not talking about the Chiefs, I'm sorry. But uh, but but that's where I'm at. And it would be on, on dishonest of me to not just be honest about even where I'm at. So our prayers are with all the people who were affected there. Our hopes are in all the ways that we could find unrealistic ways to come together and move forward. And we're also just thinking about Sterling today as he's trying to heal up from COVID, like wishes well to him. Uh, On that note, I want to say it's just the right time to at least it provides me a segue to talk about the Chiefs in just a second. Uh, I do just want to say we're sponsored by Casey Beer. And um, after all that heaviness, it may feel weird. It's actually a good time to me take a drink. I have to say, um, I've been loving my shipment of Casey beer that Patrick dropped off for me um, here because I live in the Midwest, like further east Midwest. And uh, and so it's hard for me to get to Casey beer on site. But tonight I'm drinking the Kolsch Dare to Beer Different. Uh, they make their beer with the four German purity laws established in 1517, which is older than any of us, I'm pretty sure. And um, anyway, using only malt, water, hops, and yeast. 
They make delicious products. They're also just wonderful people. If in any way you can support them and want to step in, uh, go see them, pick them up at the grocery store, look for the red carton, um, give them a shout on Twitter. Let us know that you're drinking. Yeah, they're going to love you. Support KC Beer. They're a great sponsor. And uh, they, love, they love the Chiefs too. Just like I do, um, I am thrilled. I'm pretty sure BJ Kissel is here. Am I right? Am I not right about that? Yes, you are correct. My you man. are correct. My phone just went off like two my seconds man. ago. So I'm trying to make sure my AirPods didn't didn't screw everything <laughs> up. But what's going on, man? Man, B, so BJ, I was just I was just saying earlier. I'm pretty sure my first podcast venture was with you at Arrowhead yep. Pride in our like earliest day. Is that, yeah. is that right? It Do you remember those days? Talk. And we had like nine people on at once. Cause we were being so nice that we wanted everybody a chance to be on who wanted to be on. And you had nine people with no video. So it was just a bunch of noise <laughs> and just a bunch of people shouting the whole time. Uh, it was kind of a mess, but man, it was a good we old didn't days. know what we were doing back then. Man, those, those were the good old days. There was an incredible group of people on that site at that time. Not to say there's not great people on that site, now or or in other iterations but just thinking back to those days yeah those were some those are some really fun i think times. it's what's most fun and special about just chief's content now you look around and i mean there's a lot of new people a lot of great people but there's a core group of us that have been doing this together for like 12 13 14 years that all started at arrowhead pride at the same time i mean between seth and matt and yourself and stags and craig and me and uh, i'm gonna forget a bunch of people but it was it was a cool time and that was when they weren't good and so like we had to be creative about the <laughs> stuff that we were talking about to entertain ourselves uh, I think of some of the the content series we yeah. were doing back then, um, just to keep ourselves engaged with the team, and uh, it was fun. Man, I remember my first story back then was about the Tony Gonzalez trade <laughs> to the Falcons, and then and then you were you and I are on recordings, probably talking about Tyler Palco and uh, and maybe like Kyle Orton or something like that. I, just, I don't know. I just brought Old up days. the other day back. I remember you know clamoring for Kyle Orton and like he's gonna be the one that like he could we we're gonna be competitive. <laughs> it's like I always try to keep that in mind. Not that he wasn't a, a, a good quarterback uh, at the NFL level, but we've we've come a long ways um, in the content and just the amount of good quality Chiefs content. That's the other like kind of other side of that is that we all pushed each other to be more creative or better or whatever we were doing. And that's that's continued for the last 15 years. And I don't think you can find a fan base that's got a, a better mix of content on multiple platforms that we can all you know, be a part of this space uh, and create cool stuff. And knowing that a lot of people that support us at KC Sports Network, the same people supporting you guys here at Arrowhead Attic, they're supporting the OG and Arrowhead Pride and and supporting the athletic and yeah. and Seth and all the stuff he's got going on and Ryan Tracy and all these guys that have been doing this for a long time. Like there's enough good content for everybody that it's, it's, it's fun and it's special. I see Patrick Allen joining and he was obviously one of the original, original guys. Um, him and yeah. Woody still don't like Woody wherever he is. Um, the old moderator <laughs> on Arrowhead Pride who got us all in trouble. Oh man! Well, BG, obviously, I want to talk about the venture that you're up to these days. I want to talk about some Chiefs, whatever. If you're watching on video, if you're not watching on video, if you're listening to us, just want to let you know right now we're chatting with BJ Kissel. You can follow him on Twitter at BJ underscore KCSN. 
you know BJ's work as the Chiefs team reporter for how, how many uh, years six was years. that? Okay, six years. And now you just celebrated what, the one-year anniversary of the KC Sports Network, of which you're a founder. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about let, Let's start there. Let's start, and then we'll go backwards just a little bit. How are you feeling about one year into this new venture of yours? I couldn't, if you would have told me the things that I would be doing a year ago, like to this point, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. And not necessarily from like a a bragging or being confident. It's just, there's so much stuff to running a business and and doing all of this that I was not prepared for. And so I spent a lot of my time, it used to be, you know, looking up stats and watching film and trying to create these storylines and and telling stories and, and thinking of new creative ways to engage and create content. And now it's, you know, payroll processing taxes. It's, it's cyber, cyber security <laughs> insurance. It's all these things where I spent all this time reading this stuff. Like, this is not what I thought I was going to be doing. And it's, it's a blessing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's part of the deal, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, my days are a lot different than they were a couple of years ago. I feel less informed. So luckily um, Craig, Maddie, Kent, the rest <laughs> of the guys on our network are very good at what they do. And so they can hold it down in that regard yeah. where I just have to handle all the behind the scenes stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a year into it to be able to, to do this for a living um, right now and to be able to try to build something new like this from scratch uh, in this kind of environment. It's been a lot of fun and it's because of the support I and mean, the local businesses. I just heard you talking about Casey beer company, love Casey beer company, love Katie, yeah. um, Katie Camlin. She's awesome. And you know, that's what it's all about. Get local companies that want to support you and find people who like what you're doing and then just support each other and try to do good stuff and good content and good things happen. So it's awesome to see what you guys are doing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun at Casey sports network. I'm excited to get into the fall. Um, this kind of that slow period right now. I'm excited to get to the fall and be able to launch a lot of stuff that, you know, I've been planning for the last four or five months. I'll bet. I'll bet. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I want to ask about that, but I know some people are wanting to hear you talk about the Chiefs. So, I, like, I'd, I'd love to do a lot of that. And, and uh and, and by the way, do you do you ever feel like a tension when you like you were working at Arrowhead mm-hmm. for six years and then like knowing and maybe some of it's changed because it's been a little bit now and, and maybe some of the faces in the building have changed and you get a little distance and you can. But but was there ever a tension or, or even even now? Like, do you feel like uh, there are things I'd like to fully mm-hmm. say and I can't fully say or you know like how how free do you feel in terms of oh yeah i can be completely out there with my feelings about all yeah things the, the beauty is that i really didn't have to change a whole lot when i got to the chiefs and then when i left the chiefs i mean i i was writing and talking a lot of the same ways you know back then i'm a fan i want them to do well um i'm not gonna i was never gonna yeah. hide from that and so i never yeah. felt like i was spinning or ignoring things that were negative now luckily the team was really good you know, when I was there, they didn't necessarily go to the Super Bowl every time, but compared to what they were when we were creating all that content before <laughs> we were talking about, uh, it, I was, I'm very much a, you know, keep the the main thing, the main thing and keep perspective on what the team was able to accomplish. But um, yeah, I think the only, you know, there are stories and things like that, that I just won't share. And that's not to be like, I know something you don't know. It's not that it's, you know, there's trust built and there are conversations and things that I saw and heard that, um, you know, 
weren't meant to be public and I'd be breaking confident confidence <laughs> of people that trust me and I have good relationships with to get a little social clout or to tell a little cool story. Um, it's, it's not about that. And it's not anything that's earth shattering. It's going to change everyone's opinion on the organization, this big juicy thing. It's nothing like that. I think most people would be surprised to hear that, you know, when you see something or hear something with the chiefs and you're like, that doesn't make sense. We need an answer on that. You know, when something doesn't make sense, it's because the big piece of the truth is missing. And most of the time it's a lot more common sense mm. than you would think you know there's not bad people and all these bad things mm. happening with these um, bad agendas it's not like that at all it's just um, dynamics and play and and things like that so yeah I don't it doesn't happen a lot um, you know I'm pretty confident in the the stories that I've shared and um, and things that I've told but I'm pretty much an open book anyway and I was like I said I was there for a lot of success um, a lot of phenomenal people in that building um, that gave me a hell of an opportunity um, that I'm never going to forget with some experiences that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. And I took a lot of pride in being, you know, down on that sideline because of where we all started together. You know, I felt like, you know, I was yeah. on the sideline for the Super Bowl. I was sitting there at halftime thinking about starting at, at AP and all the blogging and all the dumb things that I wrote and all the bad pieces. And that there's so many people <laughs> that I thought were so much better than me that I felt like, you know, it was up to me to, to, show respect to that position because the number of people a that would want it and people that supported me i mean you matt you supported me at sb nation kansas city you brought me over there at a time to to get more reps yeah. i mean we've all helped each other and leaned on each other at one point or another and it continues now with kcsn and so very much into the the pay it forward model when it comes to chiefs content because it's special like i said we we've all done this together we've been around a long time a lot of the people that have been following the chiefs in this space for the last 10 to 12 years know all of us pretty well and they they've seen us have families and you know get married and do all these things um and kind of grow with our lives so um yeah, it's it's special. You got me in a reflective mood, uh, Matt, probably because all the crap Good. going on in the world right now that just hits everybody differently that's got yeah. uh, got little ones. But yeah, man, it's Chiefs yeah. content and Chiefs fans and all of it. It's just it's a special group to be a part of. And like I said, I was honored uh, to have that position and, and to represent fans down there and try to connect them, you know, to the players and organization during my time there. It it, it meant a lot to me and I took a lot of pride and I took it very seriously. Hmm. Well, you did, you did great work there. BJ, I'd love to get your thoughts on this offseason because this has been, quite, <laughs> I mean, quite a shocking, surprising offseason. It feels like coming into this year, you knew maybe a couple of the horses that they'd been riding for years may sort of run off into new pastures, but, but largely this mm -hmm. is the set. And then we've just watched that script completely flipped. How much of that did you see coming at all? How surprised have you been? by the last two months of transaction. The Tyreek thing surprised me. And I don't know if it's just because I never thought that they would let him go. And then once you, you kind of, you again, it shocks everybody. And then more information comes out and you start to say, okay, what's the most common sense thing that would have happened here? Um, and then it, all the dust settles. Now everybody's confident again. And I remember going back when it went down, it's like, just let this play out. Brett Veach isn't a terrible GM because Tyreek Hill didn't stay and they traded him away. You get assets for him. What do you do with those assets? You go and win a couple more Super Bowls and everyone's going to call him a genius for it. So kind of let that, let that stuff yeah. play out. But I didn't see the Tyreek Hill stuff coming. I thought just as far as giving credit, I mean, that didn't get leaked anywhere. I mean, that wasn't being talked behind the scenes. That wasn't being talked on Twitter yeah. or anything. Uh, most of the time, if it's behind the scenes, it doesn't take very long for it to get out on Twitter um, when those conversations are taking place like that. So that's probably the thing that surprised me most about the Tyreek situation. Uh, and then on the defensive side, for me, I 
said this for weeks leading up to the draft is like, they got to figure out edge rusher. And I never thought they would go into a draft as pigeonholed as it felt like they were. Um, and I can't remember, Matt, you tell yeah. me a time. I don't remember going into a draft where it felt like there is a starter week one that is not on our roster right now that we have to get in this draft. I had never felt like we had been in that position going into a draft. They'd always signed, you know, a veteran to a two-year deal that could start if the young guy they end up drafting isn't quite ready to go. And I always use him as an example, but like an Alex Okafor. Like you sign Alex Okafor a couple weeks before the draft, you know yep. he could step in and play. And then if the, the guy that you like in the draft doesn't fall to you, you don't feel like you have to reach or do all those things. So I was really surprised going into the draft. And then when Karloftis was there and didn't have to trade up for him, I was like, oh, Perfect. And so I'm not surprised with what happened on the defense. I'm glad Frank is back. Um, I'm going to be the number one Frank supporter in this city. Um, I had a chance to be there and see what he did and how real that was. And um, people can have their opinions about that. I'm never going to change my mind as I was there and I know it was real. Hmm. Um, but I'm always more interested, not necessarily in the talent or you watch the highlights and like, how does this guy fit? How does that guy fit? For me, it's so much about the personality that, that they get together in that room. And that knowing when you had Frank, when you had Hitch, and when you had Tyron, you had three completely different kinds of leaders. And not to say that the other guys in that room aren't leaders in and of themselves, but Hitch was just that he's not going to say a whole lot, but he's going to do everything. He's going to, everyone's going to look to him. He's going to have the answer. If you have a question about anything, Hitch is the guy that you go to. Tyron is the alpha amongst alphas that everyone's going to follow. <laughs> and Frank is the guy that you look at when you're like, Ooh, I, I'm not feeling great right now. That guy got a hundred million dollars and he's going out there playing with half a body for like two years. So mm. you, you can't, to go from guys who were kind of injured that just they weren't on the field that were leaders on the team to a guy that already got paid that had every reason to not play going out there at 60% because everyone in that room knew what he was doing and what he was going through. Um, it, it meant something. And so to, to have those guys, particularly Hitch and, and Tyron leave to me, it's not what are the talent that they're fixing with? It's what kind of personalities are going to bring into this room because you need to bring in some alphas, the guys that can step up and speak and kind of have those mix of personalities to make it work. And so um, I'm interested to see kind of, they have so many young guys now, just how does that, uh, that camaraderie, that stuff that it's hard to see from the outside, but means everything on the inside, you know, who are the guys who are going to kind of take everybody under their wing and kind of get it all together? You know, is it a Justin Reed? Is it a Nick Bolton? Is it a Willie Gay now, you know, stepping up? Is it some of those other younger guys um, that players will kind of look to um, in these situations? So that's, you know, Chris Jones, a guy that obviously can go out there and make plays. And so that's, that's the part yeah. most interesting to me. It's going to take some time to work through that on the defensive side. So I'm already preparing first few weeks. There's going to be some, some probably rough moments with some young players, but um, overall uh, the defensive side of the one is the one that interested me, interested me the most because Travis Elsie, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed on the offensive side, you're always going to feel confident about what those guys are going to be able to do, regardless of who they surround them with. They're going to put points on the board. Yeah. Hey, let, let me ask you that. I mean, you know, obviously you're saying a lot about Frank here and, and offering mm -hmm. up a defense and saying, you know, I'm hey, triggered. And, I, I mean, yeah, no, I know. I, I love that. I think, I mean, would you say he is, would you say Frank and Frank's situation is very misunderstood by the average fan? I don't, I don't know if it's misunderstood. I just don't think people weigh a lot of the, the, the same things at the same rate um, where they, they think okay. it was a bad deal. They shouldn't have done it because of how it played out. Um, I don't play the revisionist. That's just not how I am. So for me, it's you've got him here. The market dictated you paid him X. 
um, that has nothing to do with the Chiefs. It has nothing to do with like that's the market of what he was going to cost to trade for him and to bring him in at that in that situation at that time. And so that's why the draft is so important to hit on, so you don't get stuck having to pay for yeah. veterans to replenish some of those spots where you drafted guys that didn't work out. And so in Frank's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily misunderstood as much as it is. You know, he was playing injured and he was playing through a lot of pain, a lot of things that. Um, you know, fans can knock on him saying they didn't get the production, but he was still the best player they had available and he had every reason to not play and he played his way through and he would have got paid either way. And so to me, I see that as, man, this guy's putting it on for his teammates and his teammates knew that that's real to me to steal a line from coach Reed. Um, whereas you, it's easy to look back and say, well, he had X amount of sacks and he gets paid to do this and that's fair. But at the same time, it's also not real because you have to deal with the hand that you have. And so they made the move. They made the mm-hmm. best of it. They won a Super Bowl. We're in the golden age of chiefs football. They've never had this much success before. And even if it wasn't, you know, 20 sacks a season and all of this, like he helped us win a Super Bowl. And he was, he had a positive influence on guys in that locker room who are going to be here for a long time, much like Tyron has had. And so I wouldn't say it's misunderstood as much as it was. I'm just going to defend it because I saw the things that were valuable that weren't necessarily, you don't see on Sundays. You know, you don't see when you're out there on the field, but you talk to his teammates off record, just off to the side or his coaches, and they all supported the hell out of him. So um, that's what I'm going to defend because I knew that part of it was real, but people who knock the production and you pay him this, you should get this. That's, that's completely fair. But once you make that move, you got to make the best of it. Um, and I feel like they did. Cause again, we're in a huge, <laughs> this stretch of success. I don't know what you do. If that wasn't the move, you know, you use that pick and draft yeah. LJ Collier. LJ Collier is not making, you know, three sacks in the last three right. minutes of the three playoff games to get him to the Super Bowl and then get a, you know, game ceiling sack in the Super Bowl either. So, um, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about edge right now? Um, better. Um, I'd still be surprised they didn't bring in another veteran. I know that, that that's still kind of being discussed out there and maybe it's, you know, Brett and those guys, it's Kane Doe, it's Herring. It's one of these other guys that uh, we haven't seen a lot of. Maybe they really, really believe in these dudes or they've got veterans who don't want to participate in OTAs and mini camps. And they just told their agent like, Hey, so-and-so will be here, but he isn't going to do any of this off season stuff. So he'll see you after, you know, right before training camp. Um, something like that could be done mm. where we're going to sit here and talk about it for months and they already have a plan. Uh, that tends to happen a lot <laughs> where they we're seeing it kind of execute in slow motion and you're trying to judge a meal before you've had all the courses. And so you kind of got to let the whole thing yeah. play out and see what the roster looks like when we get to week one or even training camp. Uh, that's a great analogy, by the way. Thank you. Um, Tyron, did you, did you think he'd be back? Um, I did. Uh, I did up until I sent a tweet when we were at the Shrine Bowl in Vegas, and I just said, I'll support this dude. And he basically said goodbye to everyone on Twitter. And <laughs> I get a call from Matt Derrick. <laughs> uh, I'm putting Matt on blast. I got a call from Matt Derrick, and he's like, did Tyron just say goodbye to Kansas City, replying to your tweet? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we're preparing to go do some interviews in Vegas. Like, I'm at the Shrine Bowl. Like, we're had equipment all over the place. Like, we were doing a lot of work when we were out there. And I hadn't looked at my phone after I sent that tweet in like 30 minutes and I had like hundreds of retweets. And then we went to, went to the stadium and we were watching the thing and they had it on NFL network and Kent looked at me. He's like, look up there. They had my tweet up there and they were talking about it on NFL network. And I was just like, 
<laughs> I guess it's a thing. I don't know. Um, but once he did that, I don't, those conversations is as far as whether it's the player in the team or the agent in the team, they've got a pretty good idea of, is there going to be something, is there going to be an offer? Are there conversations to be had? And I know things are said in pressers and they don't want to say the wrong thing. So it's always pretty positive. Um, and I, and I understand why they do that, but as soon as he said that, it felt like, Hey, he was willing and there just wasn't any kind of back and forth. Um, and so I'm bummed that he's gone. I'm happy where he ended up because I think that was the most likely scenario for him as a person. And I'll, I'll continue to say, I'll support that guy and root for that guy. Uh, except when he's playing the the chiefs, I'll wish that guy nothing but success. Cause we don't win it. We don't win a super bowl without <laughs> that guy. And as much as everybody no. gives credit to Mahomes changing the offensive side, like Tyron deserves the credit for changing the defensive side. And I know he had his moments where he went with fans and sad thing is I, I agreed with him a lot of the times um, that he kind of lashed out <laughs> at fans. You, you start two and three uh, during a golden age and everybody wants everybody fired. It's like, give them a little bit of grace, give them a little bit of time uh, to work their way through this. But, um, but yeah, I had a chance to be around him. Great people, good dudes. Um, and yeah, we owe them a lot. Yeah. What's your favorite move of the offseason? I did. I like the Leo Chanel pick. I liked it before he got in front of Chiefs fans and and said violence and physical whatever he said. Um, just watching that dude play <laughs> as a rush, Sam. You just that's the guy that's going to make plays. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to be a crowd favorite just because of the energy he plays with. Um, and just knowing Arrowhead is a defensive. You know, it was born around defense. The mystique of Arrowhead was because of defense. It's because of Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and all those guys. And uh, I think getting guys like Chanel and even Brian Cook, uh, Carl Loftus, these these energy giving, fly around and hit people type players. It's going to be fun. It's the kind of defense I want to see. Um, you know, build. Uh, Build something where you're going to remember playing against that group on the other side. It's not, you know, we have to face Mahomes and, and deal with this defense. It's these guys are going to come up and hit you in the mouth. And I think that's the kind of defense they're trying to build. And I think Leo Chanel is going to be one of those guys that Chiefs fans are just absolutely going to love even more than when he's saying now is when they get to camp and he puts the pads on, he's going to be a lot of fun. So it's probably my favorite move just because I feel like two years from now, there's going to be a lot of uh, Chanel jerseys in the stands. <laughs> uh, the difference in that linebacker core uh, from just a couple of years ago, it just feels like, gosh, that could be the most punishing level of the defense. And, yeah. and they're all so young and could be so good. You know, I just, love, yeah. I love what they've done there. A slow reinvention. Um, yeah. At a high level. They, Nick Bolton, like those guys, it's going to be fun. I I said the same thing about Willie Gay uh, when they drafted him, just the ener energy he played with. He, he's one of those conduits, you know, he can take the energy from the crowd and, and, put it to his teammates and, and get everybody going and then work it both ways. And so um, getting him and the way that Bolton played last year, particularly to middle to the end of the year, man, it's that group's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. And like, to your point to go from having a lot of veterans, a lot of second contract guys at that level to a whole lot of young guys, similar to kind of like the offensive line of what they did, where at one point, mm -hmm. you know, you had four guys on second deals, and from a roster composition standpoint, you had LDT and Eric Fisher and and all these guys outside of I think Mitch Morris was the only one on a rookie deal at that point. And Mitch Schwartz and you had all these guys getting paid within yeah. two years. You just have a bunch of rookie contracts and a, and a very good, obviously, offensive line. So, um, yeah, it's fun to watch them kind of mold the roster every year. Uh, but, yeah, that that second level of defense, that's going to be a strength of the team. Um, I think maybe two years may take another year uh, to get everybody up to speed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gonna be a fun group, man. Uh, can you give me a least favorite move or does that feel, uh, 
I don't want to put you on the spot, but I kind of want to put you on the spot. Yeah, it, not least favorite. I'm trying to think of context. It's like the Marquez Valdez scaling. I didn't dislike the move. I just don't think it's fair to him to you let Tyreek go and then you bring him in and everyone's just going to look at him like, okay, you're Tyreek now. And that's not sure. fair to him at all. You know, my least favorite move, not bringing Tyron back. Yeah, I would say that. Like, I was okay. vocal saying, I don't think you would ever regret whatever money you gave Tyron Matthew. I don't care if his athleticism was diminishing, if, you know, he let up sometimes, it didn't go full bore and knock everybody out every time. I know there's been a lot of people cherry picking plays uh, to say, this is a reason that you don't want to bring somebody in. But um, somebody who's been around him and to know the impact he had on the guys who were around him, uh, that leadership, that's invaluable. And so I said from the beginning, I don't care what contract he gets and how he performs. He will make value of the money that you give him, uh, regardless of how much it was. So I would have liked to see them bring time back, um, but I'm happy where he ended up. I'm happy that he's back home in New Orleans. He's going to do some great things in that community. But yeah, I would have loved to see him come back. Are, are you a little surprised that, you know, if, if you look at total actions, will if you believe, hey, you know, the actions here are going to tell you what they really thought about someone or something, then it seems like like Justin Reed, that deal was like immediate, mm-hmm. right? And in, in like from the tampering period, then a second round pick and Brian mm-hmm. Cook when they could have had every reason to go another edge or maybe a, another known corner versus like a few projects later on. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been hard to go another direction there. Uh, you know, they signed you know, Deion Bush from the mm-hmm. from the Bears. But it just really felt like for all the vocal, we're going to change up the defensive front, it almost felt like the secondary was like, it sounded like he meant to say like, that's good for secondary. <laughs> yeah. Because they just like wholesale changes. Yeah. I, as much respect as I have for Brad Veach, I don't trust a lot of things that he says or that any GM says <laughs> <laughs> like during the roster building process. It, there's no benefit. Yeah. You know, you don't get you don't get fan points for being honest during a presser in March. If you still go out and lose, yeah. like the only thing that matters, this is one thing I, I really appreciate about coach Reed is coach Reed doesn't care about anything except coaching football. Like that's what he wants to do. That's what he gets paid to do. So who cares about the rest of this stuff? You know, it's just kind of, you got to do it because it's part of the deal, but they're judged on winning and losing football games. And so, um, yeah, I don't, put a lot of stock into things that Brett says during that time. I didn't put it in stock in what John Dorsey said at the time or any other GM across the league. Like I don't see value in them being honest. Uh, as sad as that is somebody with a journalism degree, we want to see it um, either tell us the complete truth, which I don't think anyone could handle um, or just don't tell us yeah. anything because the middle ground yeah. just, it leaves too much for, you know, never really know. Uh, what's going on. That's the one thing I'll say to your point earlier about stuff that's going on is that even when you're working inside that building, you only ever know about 15% of what's going on and only about 2% ever mm-hmm. hits the public. And so uh, when everybody <laughs> says they know what's going on. I'm like, it, stuff like that doesn't get out. Um, and so, man, yeah. Do you have a final record prediction? Like you've seen the schedule, you've seen the roster construction today. I was going like 12 and five. I think that's a sweet spot. I think there, okay. there'll be, um, you know, some, hiccups with some young players because so many young guys on the defense um, and on the offense. I mean, not a lot of young players necessarily, but you got Juju, MVS, Sky Moore. They're going to get a lot of reps on the offensive side and, you know, depth of routes and timing and the way that they look and see things. And so much of this offense is, you know, the quarterback and the wide receiver being on the same page. And, and we don't mean when you say that it's not same page of, 
I call this play, you run that route. It's you're in the middle of the route and you see the safety squatting where you're about to go. You cut your route off early before you just run right into that window. Mahomes sees it because he sees the receiver like running into that spot. The receiver needs to see it and stop. And so if they don't see it on the same time, Mahomes throws a pass and no one knows who to blame because, oh, he ran the wrong route. Oh, he threw a bad pass when actuality, it's just they weren't on the same page. And so those kinds of feeling type things are what they've got to figure out during training camp. It's um, it only comes with reps and seeing live defenses and guys going full speed on defense to know the windows that are there to know how quickly Mahomes can throw a football and that he doesn't have to set his feet and cock his arm back all the way that he can just fire from his hip sidearm run into his left and he can throw back across to his right. Um, that's going to take some use to <laughs> some getting used to for Juju, who's used to having a statue at quarterback who can't move wow. at all or throw the ball over twelve yards right now, and so. As much as we joke, like he finally gets a quarterback, it's going to take him a little time to get used to the things that Mahomes can do on a lot of these plays where it's a feeling. You know, they use the word leverage all the time. Like, where's the safety? Where's the linebacker? Where are the corners playing? Um, it's going to take time for them to kind of feel that out. And so um, they're always, Andy Reid teams are going to hit their stride in the second part of the season. Uh, they're going to figure it out. And uh, for me, the defensive side, just give the young guys some reps um, and just don't make the the big you know turnovers, the big mistakes, and obviously avoid injuries. But, but yeah. 17 games in a season makes it a little bit more forgiving. I mm-hmm. mean, if you, if you have to take an early loss because you're just not on the same page, like this is a good time to have a young squad, it feels yeah. like, getting that extra. And I like the like Thursday night game. I like playing the Chargers early. I think I said before the schedule came out, like I hope they play Chargers week one. I think that's the other best team in the division. I know it's, we all joke about their pick to win every year, but Chargers are going to be that team and playing them early in the season before there's a ton of tape out there on what Andy Reid and what, you know, these guys are going to do with these new body types on offense that they don't have Tyreek Hill. Um, to not necessarily force plays to, but you've got the most explosive player in NFL history. You're going to feel an obligation to get him in situations to, to use that and make plays. And that takes away a lot of what makes Patrick Mahomes special and doesn't, we'll never get enough credit for the mental acuity that he plays at that position, his ability, you know, with his didactic memory to read a defense and know how many times, you know, as he drops back, a defense has been in that look, um, you know, what they do with tendencies and down and distances and all those things that he mentally understands. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year and we're going to get to see um, we're always going to be enamored with the physical stuff, but the, the way he can read a defense and know where to go with the football in the right situation, much like we praised for Alex Smith for a long time. He was so good at that, um, that I think we'll see more of that from Mahomes this year. And that's a scary proposition for, um, for opposing teams that are now going to have to not just deal with the physicality of everybody, but you show a defensive look, Mahomes is going to know where to go with the football and he's going to put the guys in the right positions to make plays. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like. Mm, Love it. BJ, I want to give you a chance to talk about obviously the Kansas City KC Sports Network. Uh, It looked like a great first year. I mean, obviously everything you guys put out was such high quality. And then now I'm seeing like, it's not just Chiefs Mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, Royals fans can get everything they want there. Now you're getting in the college ranks. Can you tell us about like the the breadth of coverage that people can get right now and 
And I'd love to hear even more about what's yeah, going on. No, Matt, I appreciate it. Uh, some of the things haven't quite gotten announced yet. Um, we're in the middle. We've, we've got some partnership meetings. We've got some new stuff that's coming up. Um, but I can't. You can't break any news uh, here. You can't. Uh, I'm so close. I'm pretty transparent, so I'll probably keep talking. It'll just come out. Because <laughs> that's the one thing that I've noticed is I'm always like, <laughs> four or five months ahead of what we're doing in that moment. So like my planning, the things I'm working day to day right yeah. now are September, October uh, and getting some of these plans and these mm -hmm. things that we have going on. So sometimes I forget what's been announced and where are we with some of this stuff. Um, but I can't <laughs> say la it, it, it was a phenomenal first year for us. Uh, we learned a lot. It was, it was tough starting from scratch and just kind of these platforms, you know, you go from, having these huge platforms and all these, this baked in audience to, to kind of start it from scratch and starting to back over. And just because somebody follows you on Twitter, doesn't mean they're subscribed to your, your podcast or your YouTube channel or all these different things mm -hmm. that you have going on. And it takes time to, to get people back and to, to put out continuous, consistent, good content to get people there. But uh, yeah, to your point, we started with, you know, a chief's heavy focus. Um, and then thanks to holiday distillery, um, they were a big partner that jumped on that really helped us launch into the college space where we have KU, K-State, Mizzou content, had some really good conversations. I won't say exactly what it is. That's really good conversations on the Mizzou side um, today uh, to launch some new Mizzou stuff. So that that's going to be really, really cool uh, when we announce that in a couple months. And Matt, you'll be like, that's what he was talking about. Um, <laughs> but no, our Royals guys, having Royals Farm Report, Joel, Josh, uh, and Alex come over. Those guys have been doing a phenomenal job for the last few years. Um, same thing with you know, our KU channel, Eight No Seats as a podcast, been around the last couple of years. Those guys had a, a cult-like following audience to, to listen to everything they have going on. But yeah, we've got a mix of, you know, informed fans, beat writers, former players. Uh, we've done that on the Chiefs side and, and a lot of Chiefs fans, people listening is, uh, might know that, but we're doing the same thing with KU content, with KU basketball, with KU football. We'll have a KU football show next year. We'll have, you know, K-State. We've got Aaron Lockett, we've got Nick Leckie, uh, two former, you know, All-Americans that play there uh doing content with us and then ku basketball we got jeff hawkins uh that does weekly content with us and so um it's been really cool it's been really special i can say last year we had uh, i think it was seven shows a week um on the network and right now for this fall we're gonna have 24 shows a week um at kc sports network You're we kidding. have a lot of content <laughs> coming up and so um we're going to be testing some diminishing returns laws and all stuff like that. But um, every one of those shows is different for each other. We've got about four or five shows we haven't announced yet. Uh, new hosts that are joining wow. us. And so we've got about 22 hosts, 24 shows um, that will all start, um, you know, aug training camp, August time. Uh, but I'm excited. Uh, we've got a lot of great people together. Like I said, by design, all the shows are a little bit different from each other. And so you don't get that redundancy. You got some new stuff. For example, you know, one of the new shows that we've got Kendall Gammon uh, does a weekly show on our network with Lamont Winston. And if you don't know Lamont Winston, um, it, but if you've heard of NFL player engagement, um, every NFL team in the league now has player engagement. They support the players. They help the players with different programs, um, helping you know their families find daycare and hospitals and just anything the player needs off the field. Player engagement helps with that. Lamont Winston started player engagement in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was, an, he was a Chiefs front off executive mm. for like 25 years, started NFL player engagement. The NFL player engagement award that's given out every year is named after Lamont Winston. And so <laughs> for him and, and Kendall Gammon, and they're close, they've known each other a long time. They do a show twice a month on our network. They're recording next week, but they talk about the NFLPA. 
and the players association and what those programs that are offered and some of the things that people talk about, but they really don't know how it works. There's not a lot of content out there that talks mm-hmm. about here are the programs that are offered here, are how here's how the NFL or the teams or these departments are helping these guys. And that to me is interesting because it's, it's not the same stuff that you're used to hearing all the time. It's unique, it's different yeah. and it's specific to the team that you're supporting. And then you just get those anecdotal stories of, you know, the mid nineties, you know, late nineties chiefs that are thrown in there as well. It's just, it's a really cool, unique piece of content. And that's the stuff that I absolutely love is just being able to provide a little something different with all of our shows. And like I said, I'm excited because we've got a lot going on this fall. So you go on your podcast network. Once you subscribe to these guys with Arrowhead Attic, just search Casey sports network or KCSN. You can find all of it, but um, yeah. A lot of cool stuff, um, lots of cool stuff coming up, a lot of marketing. You're going to see a lot more KC Sports Network out in the community um, at different things. So, yeah, should be fun. Love it. Love it. BJ, you always do great work. It's exciting to see Thanks, uh, what KCSN is doing. Uh, if you guys aren't already, you can uh, follow BJ online at BJ underscore KCSN. By the way, you guys also have Jeff Allen and Cookie mm-hmm. Society. How many Cookie Society cookies have you consumed? In More the last than I'd year? like to admit. We did a we did a feed it forward program last fall where we were sending just because of COVID and it was one of the the community things that we did. We were sending a hundred cookies to a different school every Friday uh, to different teachers as a thank you. And every time I went, they were like, "Hey, you can have one." So man, those things are good. You can't eat a lot of those cookies in one setting. Those are not that kind of cookie. That's like a dessert cookie. Um, <laughs> But they just opened like a knife and fork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just got a new. I uh, talk to Jeff all the time. Uh, they just opened up a new location, so they've got a second storefront down in Texas. I'm trying to convince them they will put one in Kansas City uh, in the next few years. So there will be a cookie society. I'm not breaking news. Jeff has said this before, uh, but there will be a cookie society yeah. in the Kansas City area in the next couple of years. Um, but Jeff, Marissa, uh, those guys are awesome. Mike DeVito's helped us out. Uh, Matt Castle is going to be back with us again next year doing weekly content and so yeah it's it's been awesome to be around those guys hear cool stories and and they're really good at explaining a stories and then the game at ways that everyone can understand and everyone can take something from so yeah love it and by the way if you if you if you're listening watching don't already know and i was gonna let you go but i'm gonna make you say one more thing okay because so much of what kcsn and and really bg you've been doing this even before kcsn there's always been such a, a huge give back component. Not only is it not much at all to subscribe to what you guys are doing for all the content that you provide, but then so much of that even goes back into the community in so many various ways. Do you have a favorite story from that that you could share with us? And then I'll let you um, go. You're going to ask, is this stuff I care about? Like I, I think I built a media company to, yeah. to, to run a foundation is I think what I did. Uh, Cause I always joke, like we're never going to make a lot of money because I'm going to give it all back to the community anyway. Um, but we got to feel like we're doing more than just, you know, creating content to distract people from working during the day. You know, that was kind of the joke back in the day at Arrowhead Prize. We're just writing stuff to try to keep you guys from being productive at work. Uh, and now the same thing's happening and wanted to feel better about it. I think, you know, three things jump out to me, uh, that we've done that really stand out. The first, uh, being the operation breakthrough, um, the holiday raffle we did last year, being able to go to Dick Sporting Goods and spend, you know, $14,000 on toys that we just turn around and then gave to operation breakthrough was awesome. Just because I've always wanted to go in a store like that and just grab everything I saw and just buy all of it. And so we all got like, all of us got to go do that. And so that was a lot of fun, but the tour of hope faith ministries, the homeless shelter in downtown Kansas city, 
was such a perspective thing for us. Um, and for me personally with feed it forward, um, it started with Jack stack when I was still at the chiefs, um, providing Jack stack meals to nurses in Kansas city during COVID, um, as a way to help a local business because restaurants were really then figuring out how to still function and, and to pay their part-time employees and their catering employees, um, that were only built on, you know, if we have business, we'll bring you into work and we'll give you these hours. And so, um, Going, doing feet afford and then doing the cookies for teachers. Soon I went and took a tour of Hope Faith and learning about food insecurity and just seeing that, like, that was a perspective thing for us where it's like, okay, this is going to be something that we help with. We're going to give back in this way, uh, in a very real perspective driven way. Um, but my favorite campaign that we're going to do is this year with the Boys and Girls Club um, of Greater Kansas City and in, in partnership with Tickets for Less as well. And that it's called the My First Game Campaign. And we're going to provide four tickets to every home chiefs game to the boys and girls club for kids who have never been to Arrowhead, who might not have the resources, the ability to go. They're going to get to go to a game at Arrowhead that most of us are chiefs fans have had the opportunity. We've been blessed enough to be able to go. And there are a lot of kids in our community that just haven't had that opportunity. And so we're, like I said, four tickets to every home chiefs game are going to the boys and girls club. They're going to kids um, with a chaperone or, you know, a parent um, to take them to the game. But that's going to be cool because that hits home for all of us. I mean, Matt, you and I, like mm -hmm. the reason that we were, you know, staying up late on all those open threads on Friday nights talking with each other is because <laughs> of the feeling that we had becoming fans because we went to Arrowhead and we knew what being a part of that felt like. And to be able to, to give that experience to, to kids who might not otherwise have it like that's real uh, again to steal another thing that coach says and so like i'm it's the first year we've done it i'm really excited i know the boys and girls club is really really excited tickets for less is excited it's one of those this is perfect for all of us uh to execute something like this mm -hmm. and to do a very cool real pretty simple thing um on the execution end of it that's what i'm looking forward to i love it experiences like that can stimulate the imagination for someone who is never experience something mm -hmm. when you open their mind to you, Oh, this is possible. Or, Oh, this world has opened up to me. You never know what that leads to in a person's it, life. So I love what you're I can't find there. one person. Uh, kudos Thank to you. you. It, it, there's a whole team of people, our entire network, we're all on the same page. And so um, we can all come up with these ideas and we do these things. Cause we're all, like I said, we all feel uh, the same way about the stuff that we do, but I haven't met one person that hasn't walked out of the concourse the first time coming into one of those tunnels, looked at arrow had not gotten chills. And so I'm excited to know that, mm. you know, more people are going to get that, um, you know, this year, uh, because like I said, it was a pretty simple idea and a, a few emails, a few phone calls and meetings and, um, it's all it took. So I'm excited for that. That's I appreciate you. I appreciate you asking. So, yeah, of course, of course. It's, I think it's such a, an emerald part of what you guys do. Uh, BJ Kissel, everyone, uh, BJ, it's been so great, so great to have you on the show. Uh, it's nice to connect our podcasting once again. Always. After chop, chop talk, <laughs> you said it was, I didn't remember the Looking name of that. We but, had some yeah. guests though. Like I went back a while ago and I found my old notes from that. Like we had Bill Moss, Nick, Nick Wright came on all the time. We had like Bill Moss. Like we had some guys that yep. came on, uh, to talk to us about the team. Like it, it was good. We didn't, we didn't know what we were doing and I'm sure the content was awful, <laughs> but in know. theory, we had it, we had an idea. Uh, we just were about a decade too early. 
for everything. But oh, no, man, really? I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's like I said, the, the whole Chiefs content group is special because we've all known each other for so long and, and gone in different platforms and we all continue to support each other. It's been awesome. Yeah. All the best to you, BJ. Thanks again of course. Uh, so much for being with Anytime. us. Anytime. We'll see you. Folks, as we're continuing here on the podcast for just a few more minutes, just want to give you a shout out. If you've, um, if you don't already follow BJ, um, again, that's at BJ underscore KCSN, all things Kansas City Sports Network. Honestly, they do such good work. Um, can't say that enough. So, uh, yeah, support them as they support the community. You just can't beat that. want to get to a couple questions here that I'm just seeing. I, I know that we've maybe not talked normally about, like, here's the latest Chiefs things and here's what we think about them. Um, so I just want to hit a few things in quick bullet points. One, Daryl Williams signed with the <laughs> – this morning – I posted something saying, why is Daryl Williams still a free agent? Because I just felt like he's shown enough without having too much tread on the tires um, to be a featured back, uh, or or, I'm sorry, not like a featured back, like RB1, but he certainly should be employed. And, and, um, you know, yeah, it was just, it was surprising to me that he was still out there. Then this afternoon, he goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Remember the Arizona Cardinals lost Chase Edmonds? Um, earlier this offseason to the Miami Dolphins. And uh, and so now uh, the Cardinals had brought in uh, Williams for a closer look, um, along with the Saints. The Saints had also shown interest. So either one of those places could have been interesting. It turned out to be Arizona. So we're glad to see him there. I think with James Conner, especially maybe with Conner, uh, love the last name, but with Conner's injury history, maybe Williams will get a chance to show something there. So glad to see him getting a home. I know some people wanted him back in Chiefs Kingdom. I think Ronald Jones is going to be great. I have really high hopes for Clyde edwards Lair this year, actually. Um, that might seem unfounded to some of you, but I actually like it. In terms of um, in terms of defensive end, and we've talked about this, Melvin Ingram signed last week to the Miami Dolphins. Everyone's kind of wondering, what are they going to do? What's happening there? Carlos Dunlap uh, has been brought up in the comments here. It actually seems like a pretty obvious thing there for the Chiefs to check into that. He's actually been more productive over the last couple of years than Ingram has as well. Some other names out there. Honestly, I don't think they're that sexy. Jason Pierre Paul, uh, you know, that like that doesn't ring a bell. Maybe Justin Houston. I love the idea of a homecoming. I don't know how much of a fit he is and what in what Spags wants to do. Nor do I know if there's any really interest there, um, given the way things ended. Um, John F just brought up Olivier Vernon. Uh, that's certainly an idea. Earlier this offseason, I was talking to my buddy Matt Lombardo, who who uh, covers the New York Giants, and he reached out to Vernon's agent and got and i just said hey do you know anything about vernon so he's like let me let me give you a quick call and so he reached out to vernon's agent and just said vernon says he's like fully healthy and is still interested in playing this year vernon said it all last year with an achilles injury so when you're early 30s and dealing with an achilles who who knows how that's going to turn out so there are a few veterans out there with some name recognition I think no one knows exactly how much is in the tank. And we also don't know exactly how they would fit in with what Spags wants to do. Although Pierre, Paul, and Vernon both have history with Spags. So if you're looking for some names, maybe that. Probably the most productive pass rusher on the market at this point that could move the meter as a rotational guy would be Carlos Dunlap. Who knows at this point? Right now we're looking at Karloftis getting starters reps from day one, and we're looking at Frank Clark um, holding it down and hoping he stays healthy. So 
anyway, that's what we got. Um, as we're ending up, I just want to say this. A time like this, if you've been with us for the full hour, we started really heavy. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm just seeing questions on Justin Houston. No, uh, the Baltimore Ravens applied the UFA tender to Justin Houston on the same day, same exact scenario as the Chiefs on Melvin Ingram. So the Baltimore Ravens will have will have loan rights to negotiate with Justin Houston um, in training camp once that begins. However, any team can sign him up until that. So just back to this real fast, because I just want to close here. We started on a heavy note, and if you began with us, it's just been a heavy day reading about the shooting in the, the elementary school shooting in Texas. And, and since I've been talking here for the last hour, maybe there are further details here I don't know about, but we know. At that point, the figures said that 14 elementary school children were dead. And in all of this, and in my communication, even tonight with BJ, it just reminds us, it reminded me of a couple things. And I just want to close here. One, it makes me extremely thankful to have a buddy like Sterling to do this every week, to have other friends like Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen, and to be a part of a circle, a little part of the circle here at Arrowhead Addict, and even as a part of like Chiefs Kingdom overall, that we find belonging, that we find camaraderie, that we find just a fun place to hang out, share our opinions, say this guy is no good, this guy sucks, this guy's great, whatever. It's fun to be a part of this. And it's great to kind of escape from our normal lives and the heaviness of them in ways like this. I So on the one hand, it makes me very appreciative of any of you, any of you at all, who hang out, <laughs> even if you're mad hanging out right now, like, damn it, I wish Sterling was here, or, oh, I thought it was Verderam's day, you know, whatever. Um, I'm sorry, but also I'm still thankful that you're around. And to anyone who reads our stuff on Arrowhead Addict, anyone who enters, interacts on Twitter, Facebook, anyone here in the comments, um, we really value you, and we just hope that that's clear. At the same time, I'm also reminded tonight of just how important it is, this idea of giving back, this idea of being citizens who are like informed and active in the world and not just passively watching these kind of things happen. What does it mean for us to enter in and have hard conversations? What does it mean for us to open up our minds to maybe believing something different about what we have thought for so long? What does it mean for us to allow our empathy and the stories of others to move us to new places? When I hear BJ talking about wanting to provide experiences to change people, wanting to provide food and meaningful work and meaningful experiences that may form them in new ways. That also makes me thankful for platforms like this that allow us to even have those kind of moments. So kudos to BJ and the crew there. Um, kudos to our team here, Richard, the producer, even behind the scenes and all of you. Um, it's a heavier day, but um, I'm just so thankful even in the midst of all this for all of you and the ability to do this. So um, we'll be back on Thursday with Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Um, I'll be back next week with hopefully a Sterling Holmes and we're going to have a special guest, Seth Kieser, uh, Kaiser, Seth K-E-Y-S-O-R. He's going to get so mad at me for saying that wrong. Uh, from The Athletic and The Times Hours podcast. Uh, anyway, I, I know you probably love Seth's work, so it's going to be a lot of fun having him on the podcast. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week. Go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.